Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This Life Science Focus podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. Hello and welcome to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at xtalks.com. And this week I'm joined by a very special guest on the show, Dr. Lawrence Eichenfield, who is on Verica Pharmaceuticals Board of Directors and is also Chief of Pediatric and Adolescent Dermatology at Rady Children's Hospital San Diego and Professor of Dermatology and Pediatrics and Vice Chair of the Department of Dermatology at UC San Diego School of Medicine. Verica Pharmaceuticals is a dermatology therapeutics company developing medications for skin diseases requiring medical interventions. Recently, Verica announced the FDA approval of Wycanth, which is a topical solution, and it's the first FDA-approved treatment for pediatric and adult patients with molluscum contagiosum, which is a highly contagious viral skin infection that primarily affects children. So to learn more about the drug and its approval, let's turn to Dr. Eichenfield. Dr. Eichenfield, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Uh, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So could you start off by telling us a bit about molluscum contagiosum um, and the unmet needs around it? Because I'm not sure if a lot of people even know about this uh, skin disease. Yeah, so, so molluscum contagiosum uh, is, a, is a viral skin disease that's caused by a, a pox virus. And um, it's actually pretty common, uh, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't know about it until, you know, they have someone in the family maybe who, who has it. Um, um, it's spread by skin to skin contact or skin to stuff, you know, fomites, mm -hmm. towels, rubbing uh, to other skin. And um, it's um, so it's like warts, but it's different than warts. It's a, a different mm -hmm. virus. It's, it's, it's its own cause. And in a um, it presents as these sort of lumpy little bumps on the skin that are sort of flat topped with a whitish center. And the whitish center is actually where the virus is. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's pretty simple that when you have it, it spreads by local rubbing. So very commonly we'll see it in children, you know, if they have it on their flank, then they may have it on their arm from when their arm hits their the side of the body. And or if they 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 scratch it, then they can spread it. Wow. So it, it's sort of skin borne. And and for that reason, it can it can have a few lesions or you can have 20, 30, 40 lesions or more. Um, and uh, it can be quite an annoyance uh, because it has secondary issues associated with it that make it a little bit more complicated. But before I discuss that, I should probably mention it's, 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 it's you know, the, I tell my, my patients and, and families, you know, the last name is contagiosum because it's molluscum contagiosum right. <laughs> and, it, and it can, it can, it can spread to the individual, but also amongst families in, in, in a, one study, it was, uh, there were 41% of the time that there was child to child transmission. Mm -hmm. So one of the consequences of, of the disease is that it can spread around. And that certainly gives us a uh, 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 good, good reason to, to treat these lesions. Absolutely. And now, so there are, 
I, I can't imagine the secondary issues with molluscum because that's important Absolutely. too. Mm -hmm. So many times when the body is re uh, reacting to it, you can get a localized eczema-like response around it. Mm -hmm. So there's some dryness and inflammation, and then there could be itching, which then you know causes a spreading of the lesions as well. Occasionally, we get real bacterial secondary infection as well. You can get like a little abscess up from it, um, and um, um, so those those two things are are part of the irritating nature of, of having them. Hmm. It's not sound like fun by any means. <laughs> and it's interesting that it's a lot more common than we, we think, but we just don't encounter the name or, it, uh, you know, just talk about it too much. And so what are sort of the unmet needs that have been around this disease? What are, have been the conventional treatment options? Yeah, well, I'll start with the in the in the hands of primary care and pediatricians. Um, it, the 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 standard teaching, especially years back, was that it's it's a self limited disease, so therefore treatment might not be necessary. And and I and that used to be a, a standard, but as I've told you, know, there's a there's like the the Bible of pediatric infectious disease is the. Academy of Pediatrics Red Book, it's called, and and that really has guidelines for for treatment, and um, and even that that book's really reflected a more um, open stance to treating molluscum, given uh, the 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 data that's been accumulated about how long they can last for. So if you have a, for instance, a, a, a whether it be a teen or a young child or uh, with a molluscum in the in the pediatric studies where they followed them, um, um, the persistence of the of uh, molluscum is pretty significant. So if you so it's been stated, for instance, oh you don't need to treat seventy percent go away in a year and a half, and that means thirty percent don't go away mm -hmm. in a year and a half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's similarly, if you don't, so the 50% of cases might self-resolve in a year, but that's a year where they can be spreading to other uh, family members uh, as well. And in the natural history studies, there were 13% were still active at two years. So there can be a lot of per persistence associated with it. So, but, but historically then, the, you know, there was a non-treatment approach because that's easy to do in pediatric offices, but it didn't necessarily, wasn't very satisfactory from the patient, parent, or family standpoint, especially as they they spread around. And then, uh, but we were in a situation where we had no approved product mm. for um, a treatment of molluscum contagiosum. There are lots of different things that were done, including liquid nitrogen or scraping them off was okay. rather rather uh, painful. People would use some topical medicines. There's over-the-counter stuff that not has been shown to work too well. And then there's this product, Cantheridin, which has been used in the past as well, but it never been studied so that if you looked at the standard um you know, meta-analyses or external reviews, they say, oh, nothing's been shown to be, you, you know, to, to work for molluscum. And, and even though we would use these things and we knew they worked, they weren't shown in controlled studies. So so that changed when it was decided that, uh, 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 Varric as a company decided that they, they, there would be some good benefit to having a consistent product that could be delivered effectively to assist uh, uh, clinicians with treating molluscum using cantheridin as the base, which is mm -hmm. essentially this, it, it derives from a history of 
of blistering beetles, a substance that beetles use as a defense mechanism. <laughs> and so, and it, you can place it on the skin and causes little tiny vesiculation, little tiny blisters. And um, so what was developed um, was a, uh, um, a, a consistent 0.7% um, concentration of cantharidin in this device in an applicator mm -hmm. system that allows you to sort of, you sort of break, break the tube and then you squeeze onto the molluscum, you little see. drop with a little coloring agent so you can see where you've been. So it's very easy uh, uh, um, to do an uh, application. So this, is, this uh, is a prescription product that's used in the office Mm -hmm. for treatment of molluscum and, and it can take a, a series of treatments uh, to clear uh, the uh, molluscum. So it's it's novel in several ways. And then, you know, went through the standard drug um, uh, design steps of, uh, of showing that it was uh, useful and safe, which then culminated in these very, very large phase three right. vehicle control trials. Um, they're called the CAMP camp one and camp two uh, trials, mm -hmm. which showed the uh, uh, efficacy and uh, safety of the drug and subsequently led to its approval. Excellent. And so uh, you talked a bit about the mechanism of action of uh, why canthro, uh, can, uh, can, cantharidin. So, uh, and so it, what is the, sort of the mechanism that uh, leads to a reduction in, in the lesions? Yeah. So basically we're, we're doing um, sort of chemical destruction of the mm -hmm. lesions, but in a way that's very well, you, you know, well tolerated. Right. Um, and, and so what it is, is essentially it's, it's, it's a vesicant. It causes little blisters, uh, yeah. ceritin, And so, so it gets placed on each individual lesion with the purpose really being, you want to pop out that white center I see. where the virus is, and you like to pop them out pretty much mostly at the same time <laughs> so that mm -hmm. it doesn't spread around in the meantime. And um, it doesn't mean that you necessarily get complete response of each lesion with its application, um, but over a, um, a series of applications over a few months, you know, you can clear the vast majority of, of patients with it, but it works through this little localized, we call it a vesicin, and it's really the chemical reaction that causes little disadhesion of the skin shells, but, but you know, translate that in your head to like little blisters, because that's mm -hmm. what, it, what it does, and in, the, in that blistering, you end up uh, able to sort of pop out the molluscum lesion, and then it sort of heals over time. Mm. Wonderful. And you met, I mean, you mentioned the uh, two phase three trials, camp one and camp two, are they ongoing um, right now or to? No, no, that's, that's because of it's, it's, it's not like a anti-inflammatory where you do long-term extension studies. It was basically this just large scale, you know, two identical studies, randomized vehicle controlled. And it was important because there previously there has never been controlled mm -hmm. studies that showed utility of anything you know, for molluscum, even though we sort of figured it would work. <laughs> and right. so this was well designed. It was a, a broad age population of adults and children, mm -hmm. ages two and older, who had molluscum. <laughs> and, um, you know, they, 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 they couldn't have any molluscum treatment within two weeks of coming into the study. And then basically, they had their you know, general evaluation, and then we went through a, a series of, of uh, treatments up to up to uh, four treatments, um, mm -hmm. and um, at 
uh, several week intervals uh, so that we completed, you know, by about two months, the four treatments were completed. And then there was a follow-up phase as well. But that follow-up phase was basically for, you know, about 20 days afterwards, you know, about, you know, just, uh, uh, which was the end of study. And then once that study was complete, it was like, that there's no need to do further follow up on those patients, um, and because uh, it's not a con it's not a continuous it's not continuous style right. as uh, you want you want to get it done within the uh, standard uh, a few months of therapy and then uh, that usually takes care of them. Okay, wonderful. And yes, I was just reading by the clinical trial results how um, in CAMP 1, 46% of patients achieved complete clearance compared to 18% of participants in the vehicle control group. And so that's uh, pretty significant there. Um, uh, so the data is very, very strong. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's interesting because you talk about complete clearance in the control group. It was actually was a low, you know, it was around. You know, yeah, it wouldn't be complete. Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, but, but it's also interesting because if you look at the lesion number data, uh, what happened is like in one of the two studies, the the control group had more molluscum than at the start. <laughs> and in the other one, because uh -huh. what happens is you, in some patients, it spontaneously resolves, their lesions go away. Right. And others, it's continuing, it's continuing to go up. But we had over a 75% lesion count, you know, average decrease, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the study as compared to the vehicle was essentially flat you know, it was like 0.3% difference. So, oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Right. And so um, in terms of uh, YCAMP, uh, are there other drugs in Verica's pipeline and in what specific disease areas? Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So um, uh, Verica is uh, looking at um, um, other avenues looking at, you know, cutaneous viral infections, including uh, um, um, uh, treatment of, 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 of genital warts, so uh, cutaneous viral infection, and then a whole different part of the country is directed towards a cutaneous oncology mm. drug where we might be able to bring, you know, nice. a novelty into potentially topical treatment of some right. skin cancers uh, with uh, other than the uh, historic surgical or, you know, liquid nitrogen for pre-skin cancers, but something that's a, 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 a novel agent. That's, that's, you know, earlier along in the course of its development, the proce uh, process, um, um, as we, uh, but I think the, the excitement of the, the, the company now, of course, we, is, you know, we, we now have the approval. Now we have to sort of make it available um, to, uh, um, practitioners who, you know, can have something reliable to help treat, treat the molluscum. Absolutely. And so given your expertise in the field of dermatology, what was it about Verica that led you to join its board, its board of directors? Yeah. So, so actually it was, um, um, when I was doing this, so I, I was involved in this, I was very interested in doing the molluscum study, really, because we have, like so many molluscum patients, we have a fairly large pediatric dermatology practice in San Diego, mm -hmm. with depending on the time, you know, five to eight pediatric dermatologists and, and six or more physician assistants, there's a big population we take care of, and that we have, a, we see a lot of molluscum, and um, so... You know, I was very excited at bringing something to that to that space. Um, I did not do work consulting work with the the uh, company actually because we sort of separate out. I was the principal principal investigator. They asked me if I would help to coordinate the studies amongst the multiple uh, centers. So I both ran the study at our center and then helped to coordinate that. 
Um, but um, but after these studies were completed and we were going through the data and going through the analysis and going through the writing, um, and, and I, you know, it, it seemed that it would be exciting to work with the, the uh, with the company. Um, and um, so then they, you know, so sort of working administratively with them. And then um, it was the, you know, they, 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 they were kind enough to, uh, offer uh the possibility of my my joining the board of directors and um so as a you know a, a different job <laughs> a different a, a different work uh hanging out with with people with business uh expertise that's quite different than the uh than mine and the uh people with um uh, lots of history of uh, success in um in the uh uh, marketing and development of of drugs, but on you know uh, I think I have um, it's been it's fun to to um, be part of a company as mm -hmm. they plan through then the the latter stages of getting a drug uh, yeah. approved into the market, um, and uh, it's been very exciting to be in Absolutely. you know uh, working both at the ground level right. I'll be putting this product on patients soon when we yeah. get into the office. Yeah. And at the yeah. uh, same way, uh, working at the, the board level, seeing what it is to steer a company to success. Exactly. Wow. It's quite, uh, you get the best of both worlds kind of a thing there. <laughs> and so is YCAMP available in the market yet or... Um... I think it's just it's when just it, you know we just got uh, I think it's got the approval so the launch yeah. we gold yeah so right. they're, so the they're out, yeah so there's a lot of work being done to uh, uh, get it out into the hands of individuals and then also you know there's going to be um, we want everyone who's going to use it to, you know, is supposed to be trained in it so you know, the administration mm -hmm. of it is pretty straightforward having done the studies but there's a formulaic way to make sure that people you know know how to do it is this glass ampule you got to sort of crack the ampule right and how you apply it um it's a really it's a ready to use single use applicator so it's pretty easy administration but there's going to be this mixture of planning and getting into the hands mm -hmm. of uh, of individuals into their offices um uh, making sure that the system's in place so that the um um that the the translation of yes, I want to use it, and you have to have the product there and uh, and available because it is a procedural uh, delivered product. Right, right, makes sense, makes sense. And so, uh, I'm just interested to know. Um, dermatology has always been a very interesting field to me, having family members with certain skin conditions. And so, how have you seen? I, this is more of a broad question, but like. How have you seen the evolution of the landscape of dermatology in the past, you know, couple of decades? And where do you think we're headed? Um, is it targeted treatments? Is it, um, what is your opinion on yeah. how the landscape has changed and how it continues to it's change? changed remarkably. So I actually just, I was lecturing earlier today on a what's mm -hmm. new in pediatric dermatology. And I, uh, one of, I started saying, you know, there, there, over my career, there's sometimes we had a few years where we had no new drug <laughs> you know it's just you know and and now there's this um it, you know there's incredible things that are happening in medicine that are impacting on our lives in in dermatology mm -hmm. and, and partially it's you, you know these this breakthrough in medicines for inflammatory skin diseases it was psoriasis then atopic dermatitis uh now alopecia you know hair loss and um vitiligo to follow uh, follow that there's our procedural therapies there are um 
new therapies directed towards infections, such as the uh, um, such as Wycanth being uh, uh, directed so nicely uh, uh, towards uh, molluscum. Then there's our rare skin diseases where we're, yeah. we've figured out the genetics over the last few decades, and now they're the they're um, you know we have targets for therapy, and so now we're starting to fill that uh, with um, uh, either other therapies that are being repurposed or people you know developing therapies based upon their target. And we have that for some of our genetic diseases as well. We now know, for instance, like there's a set of birthmarks that we have that they're actually mosaic you know mutations mm -hmm. in localized areas of the skin and and uh that's um an, an avenue as well so it's pretty exciting as we morph our our therapies and do better uh uh, uh for our patients uh um and that can be um i think you the the Patients are there with that desire to minimize skin diseases, uh, e either for their own, um, their you know they 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 want clear, healthy skin, <laughs> minimize yeah. its impact. They don't want people seeing their skin diseases. Yeah. We know that the a lot of the serious skin diseases have a quality of life impact that's pretty mm -hmm. significant. So it, it's great. It's just tremendous to see this this. The innovation, and I think steady innovation is giving us uh, uh, new products to uh, improve our uh, families' lives. Excellent. And, um, you know, thank you for being at the forefront of innovations like Wycanth, uh, uh, Verica. So definitely looking forward to its launch and other great stuff from, from Verica um, and your team there. So I want to thank you so much once again, Dr. Eichenfield, for being on the show. I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. So that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you, everyone, and see you next week. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.